Podcast, episode number 51. Hi, this is Martin Woodward. And this is Greg Duncan. Hey, Greg, good to talk to you again. Sorry we've been away for a couple of weeks, uh, a couple of shows. I was um, just busy jetting around the world, and uh, Greg's been off to the Bill Conference and things, but luckily that means we've got an absolute uh, stack of news for you, so we should probably we should probably jump straight into it. The, the first thing I wanted to mention, um, just uh, this week, we have shipped Visual Studio Update 1. Woohoo! Yay! And uh, when I say Visual Studio Update 1, I mean Visual Studio Update 1 and Team Foundation Server Update 1. <laughs> and, um, of course, every time we ship Team Foundation Server, we ship uh, my favourite, Team Explorer Everywhere. So Team Explorer Everywhere Update 1 also shipped all this week. It's a nice little present for you after the Thanksgiving holidays. So, um <laughs> Now there's a there's a, a ton of stuff in there. If you go to um, tinyurl.com/vs12u1, then that links to Brian Harry's post, and then Brian links to Soma's post and a couple of other posts. One of the things I've noticed is we seem to be talking most about what's new in Visual Studio Ultimate and what's new in Visual Studio, and you know, there's a lot of stuff in Visual Studio and Visual Studio Ultimate, so I guess that's why. But as this is called Radio TFS, probably one of the things that's worth mentioning is um, if you've been playing with... Uh, oh, that's probably the other bit of news. Anyway, if you've been playing with your TFS preview account and then um, you notice that, like, you know, things are a bit shiny and you've got, like, the little blue header and, you know, you've got some fe- you had some features there which weren't in the TFS 2012 instance you'd installed, that's because we shipped TFS preview every three weeks. At the end of every sprint boundary, we ship our main branch over which is actually not main we have we have multiple branches but we ship our dev 11 branch over to um over to uh the preview and run it and switch it and switch it on so you get to see you know on preview basically code that's less than three weeks old um but we did that we kept doing that long before um you know we locked down the dvd that was going to get cut with tfs on it a few weeks before it actually shipped and so even by the time we shipped the dvd with tfs 2012 on it we were already running a newer version over on tfs preview if you download and install the quarterly update for tfs then you get caught right up until you know when it would it be probably about uh it's only a couple of sprints away it's it's practically the version that's now on tfs preview it, at the time we built it it was exactly the version that's on tfs preview but you know we've probably we've had three weeks since the since the build stabilized um so we've probably got a newer version out there but there's not that much in it so um yeah uh it's it, all the goodness is there the slightly shinier look and feel is there I've been working on um, the TFS 2012 book with um, Ed and Grant Holiday and people, and all the screenshots we've taken, even even though we've gone to the printers now, all the screenshots we took are now invalid. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Just yeah, I installed print. it. Did you really? Cool. The, the day after it came out, and it was smooth, 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 smooth. At least you know, the, the Visual Studio client. We're still in, in my, here, my day job. We're still on Visual Studio 2010, uh, uh, not uh, TFS 2010, uh, but I'm running Visual Studio 2012. And uh, the update went 
fast. You know, I, you, you've installed service pack updates for Visual Studio and yeah, you know, like gone away hours. for yeah. the night or something. You know yeah. how, how it can be take a while. This while this isn't a service pack, this update you know is just adding some features, but it was seemed to go really really fast and, and so far very transparent. I just don't know the updates there, and that's, that's the best kind of update there is. So. Yeah, I mean, there's new feet and functionality, but there's also a ton of bug fixes in and things, so, yeah. I'm glad that went really well for you. We have had one little issue with um, the build agents. So, during the upgrade, um, if if you're when you're upgrading your build agent, some things there's a race condition that can happen and some people have run into it but if you go to uh, Brian Harry's blog again tinyurl.com slash vs12u1 then he'll send you to a link and explain what to do there and basically you just recycle your build agent and switch it back on again switch it off and switch it back on again and everything's okay so uh, we'll try and make that better soon but um, yeah it's all, all been busy and over on the Team Explorer Everywhere side just again give it a bit of publicity um we added a. We obviously fixed a ton of bugs, but we added a couple of subtle little features. The one that's not documented anywhere, which I really like, is um, well, t- I'll give you two undocumented, like you know, not really talked about features. With, um, uh, the main, the main talking points are we've added things like baseless merge in the UI. We've added um, support for public workspaces, which was a huge ask for some of our Unix customers. But um, and we also added like French, German, Japanese, Brazilian, Portuguese, and for the first time, Chinese support to Team Explorer everywhere in terms of a language pack add-on in this quarterly update. So we've been busy. Two little features which I really like, which we've added in. When you um, go to the unshelved, like the shelve and unshelved parts of Team Explorer. They're actually mm-hmm. little combi box drop downs now. So if you type your team in, then it remembers them. And so if you start to type your the beginning of your team member's name again, then it auto completes, or you can just drop down and pick them. So that saves a bunch of nice. time. And similarly, when you're typing in the shelf set name, it remembers it so that you, uh, again, if you, I quite often have a shelf set like in progress and I quite often not regularly save to my in progress shelf set, you know, just to back up a copy on the server. And it, mm-hmm. it remembers your previous five shelf set names as well. So you can just, you know, resave over the top of a shelf set easily if you want to. But the coolest feature, which I really love, is when you, um, you know, when you do a shelf, you get the little, you know, shell set one, two, three, four has been created in Team Explorer. You get that in both Visual right. Studio and Eclipse. If you click on that, it takes you to the shell set details page, or, um, which mm. tells you about the shell set details. Well, we have right up by the shell set name, we've got a little copy button, and you click on the copy button, and it copies a link to that shell set into uh, into your clipboard with the fully qualified name um, and the shell set name, and um, if in the text part of a link and then the HTML buffer it copies over a link to web access so it's really easy to then just dump that in an email and send it out if you want a code review or something so pretty neat there you go a little feature nobody knew about nice and we have been continuing to update the service obviously as I say we update it every three weeks and uh, uh, my boss Jamie Cool's done a quick blog post uh, talking about all the latest update and what's in it so if you go to um, tinyurl.com slash tfspreview 10.8 That'll tell you all about the latest updates to the service. So as you can see, we we keep improving it every three weeks. We keep making it better and better. So what about you, Greg? How was Build? Build was pretty awesome. It was my first trip to the Microsoft campus. So my first trip to Seattle. 
and it was nice. You know, there was I, I really appreciated Microsoft scheduling Seattle like weather for us while we were up there. So it rained, you know, <laughs> it was most a of the time we were up there. So I like felt a... very you know right at home from what, what I've heard about what the weather is like. And of course, everybody up there was saying, well. You know, it's like this eight months of the year. The other four, oh my God, it's just awesome. It's like, well, you know, you could have scheduled some of that too. But anyway, um, and it was interesting going to the campus. You know, I had never been before, as I said, and it, I, I had this vision in my head. You hear campus, and I think a college campus or even a military post type campus, you know, uh, controlled perimeter and a parking area and, you know, walking things between all this. Well, Microsoft campus isn't really a campus. It's a group of corporate buildings, you know, a town. together for Microsoft, you know, it's just kind of and it's you can see how it's organically grown from where the buildings are on this side of the freeway. Then you can see they grew over to this side of the freeway and then they're they're over to here. And it's just this big conglomeration of you know, four or five story buildings that are all just Microsoft with normal streets that you like drive through and go to. So it was I, I found that interesting. Hmm. It's a town, um, basically. You know, it's just basically this town that's in, yeah, but, uh, that's just sort of sprung up. That's just Microsoft, and you've got your own bus station, and you know, you, well, you've got your two bus stations, two transit stations, and yeah, it, it is a bit bizarre. And did you get your freebies as well? I was very jealous. I still haven't got mine yet. Yep, yep, I got my uh, Surface RT and uh, Lumina 920. So, what do you think to the and... Surface RT? <sighs> Are you using I'm, it in your community? Yeah, do I use it? That's a good question. Um, a little bit. I, I am much, much happier. I know I've been a Windows 8 user for forever. That's on my primary notebook. That's what I'm talking to you guys on now. Uh, been running that for forever. Love Windows 8. Um, the Surface, though, it's okay. The problem is, is you can tell it's a V1. You know, and you compare that to the Windows Phone 8. Windows Phone 8 has a lot of that. Windows Phone 8 is a V3, essentially. So you can see that. And even though they share the same kernel and they share the same live tile type interface, there's some things that just work so much better than it seems so much logical on the phone, even from the tile sizes. On the phone, you have three tile sizes. On RT, you only have the two. And maybe you don't need that because you have more real screen real estate. But there's just some things that aren't. You can see the potential. I mean, the mail client on the phone, I love that mail client on the phone as compared to the one on Surface. It's got potential. And again, I love Windows 8. Um, we need more apps. And that's exactly why they gave the Surface RTs out. You know, there's just not enough apps out there. You know, I want, you know, HBO Go or I want uh, you know, some of the other apps and you know, now that people have these devices in their hands, they can start, you know, making the apps better. They're not developing in a vacuum as, as they were because it was so quiet. And like you said, now I hadn't known that, that when I got there, I was getting my Surface before the 94,000 Microsofties were getting theirs that were promised to them, you know, a month earlier. You know, the, the people at Microsoft that I met and chatted with, they had a Surface because they went and bought their own. Yeah. You know, the it, company it's, um, hadn't had it. Well, it's it. It's a. I, you know, I'm I'm quite pleased that we that um in some ways that we're you know it's so 
um, like was the selling, you know, obviously selling quite well because we, we, you know, we can't keep them in stock, and we're, out, you know, we haven't got, you know, I haven't got mine yet. So uh, yeah, I ordered my phone the other day though. I was trying to decide whether I should get a Nokia 920 or a HTC 8X, and I went for the HTC 8X because I figured all you, all you build guys would have the 920, so I'd have, I, I thought I'd try that one <laughs> instead. Anyway. Anything yeah, else you want so, to talk about about build before we move on to your first news? Well, like, I, I use the opportunity because I went there as me, as a private citizen, not as a corporate re- response, you know, a corporate guy or anything else, just as me. So I used that opportunity to uh, you know, chat with the people, to network. I had no agenda when I got there, so which means I went to all the parties, which is the important thing. And um, you know, I hunted down people that I wanted to, you know, kind of hang out with. So I hung out with Brian Keller quite a bit. Uh, you know, a couple days we were hanging out. Um, and he bought me a couple. Well, he went to the bo- the bar and picked me up a couple beers, but that's kind of buying me a beer. Um, was able to corral Charles Sterling. Mm-hmm. Um, and because sure. one of the th- the things that Bill that I noticed was that they didn't talk about the future. You know, they were very focused on now. And you can see that. uh, Speaking of which, if you guys missed Bill, you can see Bill. Every session is recorded and available on demand. If you go to channel9.msdn.com slash events slash build, you can see all of these sessions. So, And you, you can see when you look at the session list that there's very little about the future, nothing about what's is there a Windows 9? Is there a Windows 8.1? Though, you know, that news has kind of been slipping out since yesterday. But, um, you know, what's the future? Is there a .NET 5? You know, we don't know. So I was able to corral Charles and, you know, it's like, hey, hey, what's the story? Tell me a story about the future of .NET. Tell me a story about the future of Visual Studio. You know, what's happening with it? And he says, he gave me that look, that, that exasperation kind of looks like, Dude, we're working on it. We are working on it. There is a future in .NET. .NET is not dead. We are actively working on it. We are actively working on Visual Studio. As a matter of fact, Visual Studio, they're rejiggering how they're doing it. You know, we've talked about it here. Um, you know, the, the Team Foundation service and how they do the three-week iterations. Well, you know, Visual Studio, the Visual Studio, they are moving to that kind of same iteration. And they are rethinking how they pick the features for Visual Studio. They're not saying, you know, the previous versions is basically kind of like these are the features that we think the clients want. And they would, you know, pr- uh, set up the projects and, and, and set up, go that route, you know. So basically Microsoft out. Well, they're changing that. You know, Charles is telling me they are out in the world now at this stage of development for Visual Studio, not at the beta stage. What do you guys think about this? But now when they're actually coming up with the features for vNext and, and incorporating those into their sprint and they're going to be doing three week sprints um even on the ide there is a, a dev 12 source code branch already in tfs they're already checking in code they're doing a lot of wireframing and there are a lot of specs so there's no code they're not going to be necessarily you know releasing code to us in three week iterations but they are doing it iterations and and the other side too is is kind of like the inside baseball thing that I, I found really interesting and we'll see how this works is that the visual studio team is going to a work group kind of uh, seating chart hmm. you know I, you know i've always envisioned microsoft always heard microsoft, microsoft all devs have an office well they're changing this in the visual studio they're creating the standard agile type 
um, co-location work groups and, you know, putting all the devs and, and uh, software development test and, and project managers and stuff together. They're losing their offices. And that has, you know, from the, you know, off the record comments, you know, the, it, people are unsure about, you know, Microsofties are a little unsure about how well that's going to go over. You know, there are, some of them were kind of miffed. It's like, damn it, I've been here in 10 years. I get a window. I get an office, I get a door, I get a window. Now I'm going out and you know, living in this whole work group thing. And But you know, for those people, I told them that I've seen the work group thing and I've seen it work and I've seen how it can. You, know, you hear all the studies about uh, it's transformational and it will improve the throughput. Well, I've seen that actually happen and I've seen it work. And, and the, I've seen the isolation that offices for everybody can also foster as well. So you know, I, I was encouraging them. It's like, you know, give it a try, make it real, give it a real go. And this could be the biggest change that happens to Visual Studio over anything else that we have seen. I find so, the whole thing a little bit odd because I've never worked in an office apart from like I work at home, you know, so I'm isolated there. But when I'm in an I've never because in Europe, it's very rare to have offices, you know, it's all open plan. Even in the Microsoft buildings, I'm sat here in uh, Microsoft Vienna as I speak, and it's in a huge, big open plan office, you know. So, uh, yeah, it, it, I find that American thing about the, the office is quite weird, but there we go. <laughs> hey, we should probably move on to the sponsor shout-out, would you believe already? Yeah, 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 go ahead. Uh, so, this episode of Radio TFS is brought to you by... Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was going to do it. Okay, go for it. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. my turn. Yeah, here we go. Makes for change, doesn't it? So, episode 51 of Radio TFS is brought to you by SAS Made Easy, a leader in hosted TFS, dedicated virtual servers, and TFS LM consulting. You can reach them at www.sasmadeeasy. That's www.sasmadeeasy.com or email sales at sasmadeeasy.com. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much. Much appreciated. Now, back to the show. There you go. How about that, Greg? That's how you do a sponsor shout out. Wow, you're good. <laughs> okay, let's do some stories. So, um, okay. yeah, big news uh, as well is that um, it, you can now go to uh, uh, tfs.visualstudio.com um, and that takes you to, that is the new name for what was TFS Preview. So visualstudio.com is where it's at now. So all your accounts, like Martin and .tfspreview.com, is now martin.visualstudio.com. Both URLs work and will continue to work for the foreseeable future. But uh, yeah, visualstudio.com. What do you think to that? I thought it was cool because yeah, that was one of the things they announced uh, uh, at Build as well. And that you know, not only can you go to Visual Studio, you know, go to that URL and use TFS, but they announced the pricing, and the pricing for five users is free and with that, an MSDN account. Yes. It's important. I know everybody here has them, but I I like to stress that part. It's going to be free. it's yeah it's going to be free if you got an MSDN account. You get TFS. You get you get VisualStudio.com as well. So that's quite exciting, isn't it? Yeah, Visu- yeah, an yeah, MSDN yeah. premium account, I believe. You know, it's like the t- it's like the test professional ones and premium and ultimate and things like that. So it's a cool little perk. And remember, you only need one of those, and it's valid for five users. You know, so that's right. exciting as well. Cool. So if you go to tinyurl.com slash TFS hosted, that'll take you to a link. Uh, Aaron Bjork's talking about this now is out of preview. And we, we actually do, I mean, we've considered it out of preview for a good long time now. And 
we were noticing a lot of customers like being frightened to use it because of the preview name and we were like ah oh, come on guys i know we haven't got billing switched on really now but let's let's discuss pricing a bit more let's give people a proper idea where we're going with pricing and let's also give people you know accurately reflect the sanctity and respect with which we treat this service and that you know it's not preview the only bit that we do consider still preview is probably the build area there's things we know we want to improve and change in that area and 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 speed and also how we handle um allocations of builds and billing of builds that's kind of still a bit up in the air but uh, everything else um you know I use it in production every single day. We consider it production quality. It's a newer version of TFS than, than you have on your media. So uh, go ahead and use it for your projects. And if you haven't tried, if you haven't got an account on visualstudio.com, then what the heck are you doing listening to this podcast? Go and, go and get one right now and then come back. What about you, Greg? Any other stories you want to talk about? Yeah, the one um, big one actually I wanted to make sure that we hit today and that I've been you know, chomping at the bit to talk about was Graham Pemberry. He is just a guy out in the field. He, he's a line of business dev, you know, just like me. Really felt for him. And, and he reached out to us at radiotfs.gmail.com and was asking us, hey, is there any sort of business safe reason to upgrade to Team Foundation Server 2012? You know, he needs to sell it to his management team and, you know, the other people there. And uh, is there just one, you know, slide deck? Is there, is there something we 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 could uh, he could use and, I and repurpose? It. I love this guy. <laughs> Cause he's and, like, and he said, you know what? You know, not really. I, 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 I said, I don't know. Here's a bunch of resources. You know, I, I sent him like fifty thousand links. Um, and, and he's like, well, okay, cool. And he just built his own deck. And most importantly, he shared it else with the world, which was the awesome part. So now you guys, when you want to try to sell, and when I want to try to sell our upgraded TFS 2012, uh, I'm just going to use his deck. And you can get that at tinyurl slash TFS upgrade deck. This is the reason and, uh, I love doing this show. We have like the coolest listeners. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of traveling and I bump into people a bit. And seriously, you know, uh, yeah, thanks everybody for listening. But we have the coolest listeners ever. And Graham, thank you very much for sharing that with everyone. That that's uh, fantastic. Greg, one of the things I wanted to mention, um, it's a bit down in the running order, but uh, I really want to make sure we get time to mention it. Is um, if you have still have SourceSafe projects out there, then the SourceSafe upgrade tools now available, um, and it's it's fantastic. If you go to tinyurlcom slash VSS upgrade, uh, uh, Chuck Sterling, the guy you were talking to on the bus, he um, right. he's got a post that links to it. But um, it's really good, and it does things like uh, when you run it, it's a, well, it's a GUI now. You know, no more XML files and command lines yeah. and shaking chickens and things. So a okay, I'm happy already. And then b it it does stuff. It just does stuff how you expect it. Um, it it doesn't require that the user exists in the notion of TFS, you know. So if you've got somebody who like left the company, you know, in your right. source safe repository, then it still inserts a row for them and still inserts their name and it's still displayed, um, even though it's not linked to a TFS identity that's there in the system. It's it still it still shows you who in the history. It still shows you who checked that file in originally, which is cool. 
Um, and it does a bunch of other things as well when it's playing things back and it checks for consistency. You don't need SourceSafe actually installed on the same machine that you're trying to run the upgrade wizard from because that's always been a problem. People are like, oh no, where do I get a copy of SourceSafe from because I need to install that first so that I can then run this upgrade thing and blah, 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 and then I want to delete it after I've installed it because I don't need it anymore. And Yeah, you don't need that anymore. It just works. It's brilliant. And the best thing I like, it could even... Um, upgrade your SourceSafe databases to VisualStudio.com so you can take a, a SourceSafe database you've had lying around for years you can create a new team project over on your new free account over at VisualStudio.com and you can just import your SourceSafe project into there and it just works and yeah the guys have really done a great job it's um pretty amazing so make sure you check out if you have source of databases make sure you check out the uh tinyworld.com slash vss upgrade yeah that's awesome and i'm still surprised on how many people are how many source hives are out there so you know here, here you go and especially the fact that it works on team foundation service that's that is the awesome so um one of the other things, you know, again, I'm in a small company now, right? and so this, when I saw this blog post, it was uh, uh, very interesting to me from Andrew Clear, tinyurl.com, small, C-O-A-L-M, and it's why small companies need ALM more. Mm. Uh, and it's a, it's a nice little blog post, and he talks about, you know, you always think ALM, we need to be big companies. No, the, the time to start doing ALM is when you are small. I use TFS not just for source control, but for my user stories and tasks. And I'm a dev team of one right now. Mm. And I still use that because, you know, knock on wood, we're going to grow to two or three or four. And if you don't start early, then it becomes much harder later. Uh, and, and the other stuff, too, is it, it just is nice as a tool, you know, and especially if, uh, you know, the processes for agile and, you know, doing the whole thing, it really is not a lot over it. Now, do I do it out to the nth degree? No, I don't because there is just me, but you know, it's, it's still invaluable. And he talks about why, you know, and how you can use that. Hey Greg, I've got and a why it makes for sense. You. Go ahead. Um, First of all, Andrew Clear, he's been absolutely rocking it over on the NW Cadence blog. Um, mm -hmm. He's been doing some great posts lately. But question for you. If you're a dev team of one, why are you using TFS 2010 and not like the service? Because, um, A, we are – there are actually a couple other – we have a, a SQL Server developer, and she's scripting it all, and she's checking it all into TFS as well. And we have another developer, and she's – Using TFS as well for source control. So there was an existing uh, installation here. And, okay. and the other side, too, is the business that we're in, litigation support. Um, uh, they are very – yeah, yeah, yeah. It says it right there. <laughs> we don't do any cloud. And we'll yeah. never do cloud. And, you know, it just – Okay. Yeah. I'll forgive you for not using TFS service then. But, yeah. <laughs> you want to get that instance upgraded to TFS 2012, man. You've got no excuse yeah. now. You're in a small company. Just do it. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, they've actually been telling me, you know, Aline, my, my coworker, she was all, you know, we're on 2010, but, you know, we could upgrade, you know, just, let's just do it. You know, I'm like, well, we can't do that. We can't just do it. We have, we have to, like, test it and do this stuff. She's like, yeah, let's just do it. I'm like, yeah. wow. What we did so, back at Team Prize, what we did when we were doing this sort of thing is because uh, we had our TFS server 
on um, it, the the hard disks we had at home were radar, you know, radar arrays. So we had tape backups and stuff. But the quickest thing we used to do is we just used to pull a hard drive out of the radar array because uh, it was striped. Uh, it was mirrored, sorry. So we would pull out a hard drive. We'd run the upgrade and um, we'd put a, bl- a spare blank hard drive back in and let it replicate back over to the you know replicate back over to the hard drive again and it was all good and the rollback scenario would have been if it if the upgrade had gone wrong we found a problem we would have just slotted the you know we would have swapped the hard drive back around (laughs) and done it that way nice it's it's like the cheap way of doing it but it it, it, we that's that's literally what we did every single time we upgraded when we were when we were i was when i had work had a proper job working for a proper company so yeah there we go. Hey, um, there's probably I've probably got one more story I'd like to cover before we start wrapping up, if that's okay. Yeah. yeah. So, wow. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a twofer quickly. So the first <laughs> one is um, uh, one of my colleagues, a guy called Brian McFarland, done a great roundup on absolutely end to end to the nth degree how to build iOS apps with TFS. And you know, people go in and can they do it? And you know, does it work? And blah blah blah. And the like Brian like Brian's on my team, you know, he's on the cross platform team, so you know, he gets this stuff. And he's like, Right, I'm gonna show you and he just goes does absolutely everything. And this post, which is at tinyurl.com slash TFS IOS, it's actually the best blog post I've seen on the entire planet to tell you how to do build automation with iOS. Because build automation with iOS is actually a surprisingly immature area. Um, now the you know people are using Jenkins for it, and that's great, and that's what we show you how to use here, uh, how to use Jenkins, which is a, a popular open source build server. But um, trying to find like how to do it and how to do the right things with Xcode build, and you know, like Brian really gets iOS development, he really gets uh, build quality, he really gets TFS, he gets Jenkins and things, and just go through the post, it's uh, brilliant, and uh, yeah, it's really, really good, so if you go to tinyurl.com slash TFS iOS, if, if that's interesting for you, if you want to go build iOS apps, then definitely, definitely you can use TFS for that. And then the one I was going to mention, and I will mention, is um, over on uh, um, tinyurl.com slash prodtrace, one of the features in TFS 2012 is you can now run entire trace in production but obviously you don't want to have that switched on all the time you want to go in to the server from like run some script a little thing that actually switches on entire trace you know let it run until you've had the problem that you're trying to figure out what's going on and then switch the collection off because while the collection's running it does it does put some overhead on the server interesting most of the overhead is actually in the uh, disk io because it's logging all this stuff to the disk but still it does put it does put uh, some extra load on the server so you only want to run it for a little bit get the data off the live server and then go stick it into visual studio and then use the tivo like facilities to go debug back in time and play back and see stack traces and explore and do all that goodness so if you go to channelurl.com slash prodtrace uh, then you get to see um, all about how to run IntelliTrace from the command line and you know, run the standalone collector and run the little PowerShell script and all that sort of stuff. So it's the best. It's the best walkthrough of doing that that I'd seen. Over cool. to you, Greg. Have, yeah. you got, have you got one more you wanted to cover before we we stop? Yeah, it's I, we have to do our you know ALM Ranger show segment. Of course. Oh my God, I've just seen your ALM Ranger segment in the rundown. We've got, we've got <laughs> four minutes. Yeah, yeah. So there's like 12 items here, but really quick, you know, the, the ALM uh, Ranger team has been uh, um, busting hard, 
And there's a couple things that, that uh, you know, I've been personally using. They released a, a TFS uh, w- word add-in, easy for me to say. And I've actually used this here, and, you know, putting in the user stories. Because, you know, sometimes when you're sharing it with somebody else, creating a Word document for your specifications, it'd be nice just to be able to insert the, you know, the user stories, right, into your document. And this uh, um, word add-in does that. You can get that at tinyurl.com, TFS Word. And best of all, it's available on CodePlex as well. So you can actually see the source of what they're doing. One of the other things that I, I love about the ALM Rangers is the branching and merging guidance. You know, I, you don't want to reinvent the stuff. Uh, you don't want to reinvent the wheel. You know, if you're trying to come up with, well, what are the scenarios? How are we going to do this? Um, you got to check out this guidance first. And this is tinyurl.com, B-S-A-L-M, branch. So that's the guidance. That's the guide. Now, what they actually did is they've been doing these uh, quick response samples. So they've taken these guides and they've churned out some code around those guidance. The first one that they did was a command line utility to help you implement that guidance. Guidance is one thing. Great. Now let's build the projects. Well, this one, they wrote wrote a command line utility that you run that. You can get that at tinyurl.com com vs alm branch cl for the command line. Uh, then they turned around and they said, okay, well, you know, command lines, you know, I'm, some people are clickety clickety people and they don't want to do it right from Visual Studio. So they created a Visual Studio extension that implements that um, branching guidance. And you can actually choose the kind of, you know, there's a number of scenarios where you can choose that right there in Visual Studio. And you can get that at tiny branch vs. Um, and we can't. We don't have enough time to go through all the ones. Uh, there's one other one. There's a bunch of posters. Yeah, you can get, and these are from the community. That's one reason why I, why I want to make sure we mention it here is that they are highlighting the ALM team is highlighting uh, posters created by the community, by you and me, you know, people here. Uh, and you can get that, those at tinyurl.com. T F S C posters. P O S T E R S. I think that's all the time we have. Fantastic. Well, uh, thanks everybody for listening to us. We'll uh, promise it won't be as long before we're back on the air. So, yeah, thank you for your time. And thanks, Greg. It's an uh, absolute pleasure to speak to you again. I missed you. So, um, I'm glad everything's working out well for you. And we'll speak to everybody next time. Oh, no, before we do, don't forget, of course, um, if uh, please send along any feedback to radiotfs at gmail.com. If you do any cool, you know, like Graham did, if you do any cool things, then definitely uh, ping us on the email. And also, don't forget, we've had a couple of voicemails, but if you want to go to um, plus one, so it's a US number, one four two five two three three eight three seven nine. if you want to leave us a voicemail. So thanks for your time, and we'll speak to you next time on Radio TFS. Radio TFS.